I'm all right, thank you. Good. Had a well, good day? Yeah, I've had a really good day, actually. How's Springs? It's going well, thank you. Yeah. Tell, tell us a bit. Oh, what do you want to know? Give us a snippet. <laughs> a snippet of Springs. Uh, uh, well, I'll give you the most recent memory Go of then. this morning. So, um, this morning, uh, we had a really, really wonderful time. Uh, we, we're in our new venue, again. <laughs> we've, this is the third time we've moved. We're now in Robert Street Primary School awesome. in, in Gornal. And, uh, and this morning... They, you know, you know, you come to church every week, but then some weeks, the, the praise and the worship goes off on a whole nother level. Yep. And you don't really know why it just does. Like maybe the people's hearts are ready for yep. something, or yep. maybe there's just, I don't know, maybe the way we've prayed beforehand, there's something opened up in the spiritual. And, and the, the praise and worship was insane this morning. Awesome. Um, just absolutely incredible. Uh, people kind of getting their own space with the Lord and just kind of jumping around different ages yeah. of people just dancing and awesome. and it was amazing it was kind of like it's it like the, the, the church you dreamed of yeah. <laughs> when, awesome. you, when you started it and so it was incredible this morning um, we actually started the whole service uh, Joel decided he wanted to do a break dancing performance okay so uh, a bit like the one you did at my dining room table uh, yeah because that was quite unique yeah 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 so it's kind of uh, it, can, do you want to show us? No, because I haven't I, given I him these moves. I'd I don't know where they've come from. I'd love to see. So on one hand, it's the, it's the. I'd, he does this. Compete, compete. Uh, like he keeps doing a really like rubbish robot. <laughs> so he keeps doing. Just keeps going. Brilliant. Okay. Like, like it's literally that bad. So it's clearly like the, taught by you. It's the cutest thing and the funniest thing all at the same time, and then um, like. Yeah, so he's loving that. So that was how church started this morning. That's how church started this morning. Okay. Um, so what we're doing? Uh, we, we started with Mallet's Mallet, but that's a whole new story. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say really. There's just so much going on. Um, we we had our first baptismal service back in September, which is very exciting. A lot of the newbies uh, got um, got baptised, which was fantastic. Christmas was really good. We had a, a really great turnout for the Christmas stuff, which was really encouraging. Um, the, to be honest, the, the most powerful thing that's happening is is the the people that have come to be part of Springs are forming a really close knit family. Brilliant unit yeah. and so we had a, a phenomenal prayer meeting the other night and um, when you've done church for quite a while you know when you when you set up a prayer meeting and you say come on guys that we're going to pray we're going to seek God together and you kind of get a percentage of the church well yeah. we must have had about 90% of our church wow. turn out and so we're all in this person's living room and it's absolutely brilliant and mm-hmm. um, so that, the heart for prayer the expectation yeah. for what God's going to do in the community is it's really exciting at the moment yeah brilliant let me yeah. pray for you pray Please for do. us Heavenly Father I thank you for Pete Father God thank you for the heart he has for you, that, Lord God, you are working inside him and leading uh, springs. And, Father, would you bless them tonight and in the weeks to come, Father God, for all that they're doing in your name. Father, may we see revival in Netherton and in, yes, in Gornal, Lord, Lord God. Yes, Lord. Yes, so, Lord. Father, prepare our hearts tonight. Yeah. That, Father, as we set this side of time, that our hearts will be fertile ground. That, Lord Jesus, we would make them ready for your word that Pete's bringing tonight. Father, your word is incredible. But we have to put it into action. So, Lord, may tonight be twofold. May it be your message that sinks deep. Yeah. And then this week, Lord God, may we put it into action. Mm. So, Father, just bless Pete and the family. Lord, we thank you for what they're doing and what you're doing in them. And, Lord God, would you bless us as we meet together as church. Amen. 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 Well, good evening, church. You doing all right? Could I be a bit of a diva and ask for a roadie to just heighten this a little bit? I think I need new glasses, like it's too far away for me. And um, so uh, 
it's always really encouraging uh, to be invited to preach anyway. It's always really humbling because uh, you're always kind of like, man, who are we to serve God? And in our own churches, let alone get us to go else other places. So never take these opportunities lightly. And, um, and guys, you know, I, I'm excited because this is the first time that I've preached here and there's no rail. Look at this. Look at this. What's going on? I might do one of those kind of like old-time gospel things and just start going, yeah, like during the meeting. It'd be amazing. And tonight's message that I've got for you is, is a preach. Uh, the, the, the title, I need you to call out like a little bit of a chant every now and again. And this is the title, Judah, Don't Stop. All right. So I'm, I'm going to say this a few times and I want you to call it back to me. And whilst there's, you know, there's around about 30 of us in the room tonight, I want it to sound like there's hundreds of us. Is that okay? Because I'm going to preach like there's hundreds of us and I want you to, to shout back at me like there's hundreds of, of people in the room. Is that okay? So tonight, everybody, we are, we're going to be looking at this thing called Judah Don't Stop. Let me hear you say it. Judah. Now you're talking. That sounds amazing. Judah Don't Stop. This message tonight, I, before I start, I want to tell you, if you have forgotten this truth, I wanted to, to reaffirm it right now that God loves you. God loves you. He loves you. It's not a passive, flaky, weird, fluffy kind of a love. It's a rich, powerful, life-changing love that when we embrace the presence of God, man, we realise who we are. Our identity is reformed and reshaped and renewed. God loves you. And so, first of all, I want to say this to you tonight. I want to be preaching tonight to the champions of faith that you are and the champions of faith that you are becoming. Does that make sense? Hello? So I, I, want, I want to call out in you the champions of faith that we are and we are becoming. All right. I want us to look at um, uh, the, the, this portion of Scripture, and it's uh, taken from the book of Judges, and it's chapter 1, verses 1 to 19. If you have a Bible on your phone or if you have a real paper one in your hand, ooh, hello, lights. That feels nice, doesn't it? If you've got a Bible of any kind, can you please go to Judges chapter 1, verses 1 to 19. I believe it's coming on the screen, but it's good to hold it in your hand as well and keep your finger in that spot, okay? Because we're going to be referring to different parts of this scripture. Now, does anybody like the old-fashioned Bible stories, kind of like blood and guts and swords and sandals type stories? Well, last summer I was kind of studying. I wanted to go back to some old-school Sunday school type stuff. And I went back to Judges because I knew in Judges there were stories like Samson and Delilah. And I knew there were going to be uh, all sorts of fantastic classic Bible stories in there. And as I'm reading, I'm starting in chapter 1. Okay, I, I come across this set of verses that fill me with hope, fill me with excitement, and fill me with questions all at the same time. And uh, just to set the scene, the context, Judges, this book, he's written at a time when God's people, the Israelites, have just lost their leader, Joshua. The brief history of the people of Israel was they were slaves in Egypt. God uh, manufactures a miraculous uh, freedom for the slaves. They then come out and they've got their salvation, they're now free. And then they're in the wilderness and they find themselves uh, kind of going around the wilderness of that area for 40 years. And then Moses dies and he hands on the leadership of Israel to this guy Joshua, who then leads the people into a promised land. Does anybody want to be delivered into the promised land God's got for them, eh? Come on. We want to be delivered into the promises of God, don't we? 
And so what had happened was they'd crossed the Jordan and, and they were taking out a few enemies and they were starting to establish a home in this new season, a, a place that they'd never been before. And then their leader, Joshua, this mighty man of God, this mighty warrior, he dies because we all will at some point. That's what happens. Joshua dies. And, and now we come to the point where the people of Israel have never been in the position, well, they haven't been in this position for the previous two generations. They haven't got a leader. They've got no leader. So they want to take all the promises of God and the land that has been promised to them, but they're leaderless. There's no captain of their ship. There's no driver to the bus. There's no, where are we going? Like, where's the man that tells us where we're going? And so that's the context for this uh, Judges chapter 1. We're going we're gonna to look at this almost verse by verse. 19 points, that's going to be a long preach. Judges chapter 1, verses 1 to 19, starting at verse 1. That makes a lot of sense. It says, After the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, Who of us is to go up first against the Canaanites? Now, the Canaanites were the enemies that were, that were robbing and, and occupying the promised land that God had said belonged to Israel. And so they're now saying, now we've got no Joshua. Joshua would have, would have known what to do. We've got no leader. We don't know what to do. And so they do something very, very sensible. It says, after the death of Joshua, the Israelites inquired of the Lord. You would have been in different places, in different seasons in your own faith, where once we were slaves to sin, then we received a salvation the salvation. We're set free in Jesus. You may have wandered around and had some kind of wilderness period, but then God brings you into a new season and wants to bring you into the promises he's got for you. But what happens when John Williams isn't preaching in your house on a Monday morning telling you how you've got to get on with your day? What happens when the leader is not around? What happens when suddenly... There's no other way to go. Nobody's going to tell you how to do it. It's just you and the promises of God in front of you. You need to inquire of the Lord. It's all very well seeking out great podcasts of great preachers around the world. It's all very well being inspired by Instagram memes. It's all very well having the advice of leaders. But guys, when the rubber hits the road in your workplaces, you've got to inquire of the Lord. You've got to inquire of the Lord. They started out well. They asked the question, who's going to go up first against the Canaanites? The Lord answered, Judah shall go up. I have given the land into their hands. Now, when you read the Bible, at face value, it's a bunch of English words. But when you go into the background of some of these words, it really opens it all up. I'm sure most of you know that the word Judah means praise. And so here we are, the Israelites are coming into their promised land and their, their leader Joshua has died and they're saying, what shall we do? Who's going to go up and take out this enemy so that we can enjoy the promises of God for our lives? So they go and ask God. It's a good thing. God, what should we do? And he says, Judah's going to go first. In other words, send out the praisers. The people of praise are the ones that I want to go and take forcefully the promises that I've promised over your land and nation. So can I just give you one straight point right between the eyes? If you want to be victorious, if you want to take hold of the promises of God, 
It's on every single one of us to be worshippers. Worshippers. Could it be that in 2017 there could be a rising tribe of Judah called Primrose Hill Community Church that as they, take the, as they take the atmospheres with praise and worship of God, that actually we'll see many, many people saved. Could it be that? What if it was that simple? That we were so focused on worshipping God that there was so much breakthrough in our own lives, that there was breakthrough in our workplaces, in our schools and in our colleges, so that we would see many people come to, to the Lord. I'm believing for you guys that promises over your life and over this church are that this church will be a beacon of hope to this community. I reckon there's promises over this church that the kids' work of this church that will come out of this place will serve the next generation of leaders for Dudley. Why can't we believe that, guys? Why can't we believe that? And I really believe that it starts with send out the praises first. And I just want to encourage you guys. I want you to really get back into writing your own songs because I'm really believing that when revival hits and there's great preachers and there's a massive amount of people getting saved, we're going to need songs to tell the stories of what God's doing. So get into pubs and sing songs. Write your songs. Get out there. Because I reckon that as we, as we, as we sing about what God is doing in our lives, the darkness has to flee and the heavens have to open and, and, and something fresh is about to happen. I really believe that for you guys. Who's going to go up for us to fight against the Canaanites? God said, Judah's going to go. Be a people of praise. The next verse says, Then the men of Judah... Uh, then said to the Simeonites, their fellow Israelites, come up with us into the territory allotted to us to fight against the Canaanites. We in turn will go with you into yours. And so the Simeonites went with them. Judah was the biggest tribe of Israel, the most blessed tribe of Israel, not surprised because they were, they were the ones who worshipped God with all that they got. Their very name meant worshippers of God. And here we have this other smaller tribe, the Simeonites. And Judah says, boys, come up and take the land with us. Come and help us out. And when we've taken the bits that God's promised us, we'll come and fight for you as well. Guys, I know you pray for Springs Church. And I know you pray for the people in Netherton and the other churches in Netherton. And I know they pray for you. And I know that we pray for you and we often remember other churches that we, that we very much relate with and we very much love in our prayer meetings before we kick off on a Sunday. Judah, boys, you come with us and when it's your turn, we'll come with you. What a beautiful thing that is. What a beautiful thing. I'm so thankful for friends in the faith. It's so good to have. When Judah attacked, the Lord gave the Canaanites and Perizzites into their hands. As soon as the tribe of praise go out into this land, they start winning battles. The people of praise start winning battles. Okay, so I'm about to start to read through a set of verses. And when I do this, I want you to shout, Judah, don't stop. Is that okay? All right, here we go. <clears throat> when Judah attacked, the Lord gave the Canaanites and Perizzites into their hands. Come on. So the first two battles, two, two great victories. Let's not stop now. Let's keep going. Let's go, let's go, let's go, go. And they struck down 10,000 men at Bezek. Oh, this is good. This is three quick victories. This is, this, is, this, is, this is confidence building. Things are looking good. Things are looking good for Judah. It was there that they found Adonai Bezek and fought against him, putting to rout the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Now, here's the thing. 
This phrase, Adonai Bezek, literally meant Lord of Lightning. There was this king called Adonai Bezek, and his name that he'd probably given himself was Lord of Lightning. And I want to encourage you tonight that when we know that our God is for us and no one can be against us, not even someone that sets themselves up as a Lord of Lightning can stand against the promises of God. Because when the people of praise go out, nothing can set set fear in our hearts. When we know that the perfect love of God is casting out all fear. You want to be a victorious person? Let's get praising. Let's get praising. Let's get praising. Do you know why? Because the Bible says that when we praise, it's as though the Lord, in, the Lord inhabits our praise. The Psalms say the Lord inhabits the praise of his people. So when we start to get up and face the world and we start to praise, no matter what, the King of glory is sitting right in the centre of your life. And if he's sitting as King of your life, I tell you what, <laughs> no darkness can come near your tent. Come on. Are you with me tonight? Adonai Bezek fled. Nice one, Lord of Lightning. Ran away as quick as lightning. But they chased him and caught him. Now, if you are below the age of 18, can you please cover your ears? Because it's about to get a little bit Game of Thrones. All right, it's a little bit Old Testament. All right? Okay. When they caught Adonai Bezek, they cut off his thumbs and big toes. Ouch. Then Adonai Bezek said, 70 kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off have picked up scraps under my table. Now God has paid me back for what I did to them. They brought him to Jerusalem and he died there. Victory, 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 pause. Adonai Bezek has his thumbs and toes cut off. Before we hear about any other victories, there's a point that I believe is going to be made here. If someone loses a thumb... It's very hard for them to get a grip on things. When someone loses their big toes, it's very hard for them to walk and balance. They're going to walk with a really strange shape. They're not going to be able to run anymore. When someone loses their thumbs, they're not going to be able to have a grip anymore. Do you know, for some of us in this room, for some people in my church, for, for, for me in my life, there have been times when I've been walking like I've got no big toes because the enemy's had a crack at me and I ain't walking quite as straight and as, uh, as chin up as I should be being a Christian. Do you know what I'm saying? And there's been other times where perhaps I haven't been able to get a grip of myself because the enemy has taken, has distracted me and stopping me from seeing who I am in Christ Jesus. But this is what the Bible says. Adonai Bezek had already routed loads of kings in that area, 70 odd different kings, and cut off all their big toes. Why? So that his enemies could never walk proud again and could never get a grip again. Isn't it interesting that this Lord of Lightning, this big, scary, victorious figure, is taken out swiftly by the people of praise? And the very judgment he exacted on his foes, the Lord paid him back with. I want to say over your life tonight, if you've been walking with some kind of faith limp, if you haven't been able to get a grip of life and you've been insecure for a while, I reckon that the Lord tonight would want to wake your spirit up and say, my child, what the enemy did to you, I'm going to do to him. The grip he had on you, he's going to lose it. The way he caused you to walk, I'm going to damage the way he walks in your life. Anyone up for that? Come on. Judah, don't stop. 
The men of Judah attacked Jerusalem also and took it. They put the city to the sword and set it on fire. After that, Judah went down to fight against the Canaanites living in the hill country, the Negev and the western foothills. They advanced against the Canaanites living in Hebron, formerly called Kiriath Arba, and defeated Sheshai, Ahiman, and Talmai. Judah, don't stop. From there, they advanced against the people living in Debir, formerly called Kiriath Sepha. And Caleb said, I will give my daughter Aksa in marriage to the man who attacks and captures Kiriath Sepha. Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, took it. So Caleb gave his daughter Aksa to him in marriage. Just pause, we've got a little bit of a love story. This is really cool. Thanks, Bible. Judah, don't. Jonah, don't stop. One day when she came to Othniel, this is Caleb's uh, uh, daughter, she urged him to ask her father for a field. When she got off her donkey, Caleb asked her, what can I do for you, my darling girl, my princess, my baby girl? And she replied, do me a special favour, Dad. Since you have given me land in the Negev as a wedding present, which I really appreciate, give me also springs of water. So Caleb gave the upper and the lower springs. The descendants of Moses' father-in-law, the Kenite, went up from the city of Palms with the people of Judah to live among the inhabitants of the desert of Judah in the Negev near the Arad. We'll come back to that in a second. If God's given you promises... And if God's given you gifts, he's also going to give you the resources to enjoy those gifts. If God's given you a gift of outreach, like doing wacky things like building a pub in your church, he's going to give you the resources to do it if it's his will. If God's given you a heart for worship, he's going to send you people to become worship leaders and worshippers in this church. Because he's not just going to give you an idle promise if he's not going to give you the resource to unpack it. Does that make sense? I heard someone once say, if God gives you vision, he will give you the provision. If God is pro the vision, he will be your provision. That's cool, isn't it? Come on. The, Israel, uh, the Simeonites, their fellow Israelites, and attacked the Canaanites living in Zephath, and they totally destroyed the city. Therefore, it was called Hormah. Judah, the people of praise are winning victory after victory after victory after victory. They're on this incredible roll where they are now starting to live in the land that was always promised to them. I'm telling you tonight, if you can become a people of praise in this church, you are going to take victory after victory after victory after victory. Be people of praise individually. So when you come together, there's such a wall of praise that no enemy could come near you. Judah also took Gaza, Ashkelon and Ekron, each city with its territory. Judah, don't. I mean, these victories are just rolling in now. And they must be. I mean, imagine the, imagine the scene. You've won seven or eight battles now. I tell you what, you'd be praising more than ever. Would you not? You've come through so much already. We've got so much to praise God about. Let's praise him into the next victory. And the next victory. And the next victory. Are you with me tonight, church? The Lord was with the men of Judah. They took possession of the hill country. And then I'm going to come to the very last bit towards the end. Victory, 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 victory. The people that praised were the first in. There's something hugely significant about people who praise. People of praise fix their eyes on Jesus and his power and his authority. People of praise know who their God is. People of praise constantly have their lives enlarged as they seek and worship the God of eternity. People of praise have such a perspective of God that anything that would face them in life is insignificant in comparison to his goodness. 
People of praise grow in courage and their faith rises them above any storm. People of praise are not people in denial. People of praise are those who refuse to settle for defeat of any kind. People of praise know that if our God is for us, then what? Who can be against us? I want to say this. Church, Netherton, enemies have to fall at the feet of those who are marked by praise. Enemies have to fall when people are marked by praise. I said before that when you read an English translation of the Bible, it's pretty awesome in itself. But if we can dig a little bit deeper, we can find some really significant things in the midst of stories that don't seem to say a lot. There's a few enemies that I want to call out tonight. Enemies that might have afflicted you for a while. Enemies that were present the days that Judah took the land. We're going to call some of these things out. One of the enemies was a place called Gaza. And the enemy, Gaza, means this. It means strong and fortified. This was no weak enemy. This was a significant enemy. Strong and fortified, Gaza means. Is there a situation that you're facing right now that feels like it's got strong walls around it and it is impenetrable and you cannot defeat it? I want to encourage you. Rise up in praise. You can take Gaza. You can take out the strong and fortified enemies. Another enemy was called Ashkelon. Ashkelon means this. It means grief. The people of Israel had to go and fight an enemy who were known for grief. Whether that was their own grief or causing grief, I don't know. Maybe, maybe some of you have some kind of grief in your heart, some kind of sadness from the past. I really want to encourage you tonight. A people of praise can overcome debilitating grief. Are you with me tonight, church? There's another enemy. This enemy was called Ekron. The word Ekron, it's really quite interesting. This enemy Ekron, it means to be uprooted. Or another translation means to be hamstrung. If you've ever watched the football and someone's done in their hamstring, it means, it means one of the main ligaments in the back of the leg has been snapped or pulled to a point that they can't run on it, they can't walk on it. Have you ever been in a place in life when faith's been going really, really well and then you felt hamstrung? You felt like your legs have been taken from under you and you were running so well with God. Maybe you were reading your Bible every day. <laughs> Maybe you were praying every day. Maybe you were seeing, seeing healings, loads and loads and loads. Maybe you were seeing loads of people, loads of your friends come to church and, and then it just seems to stop and you feel kind of hamstrung. Maybe you were running really, really well with no fear and then the doctor told you you had some kind of disease and you felt hamstrung. Maybe you felt uprooted at some point in your life. But I want to encourage you today that a people of praise don't have to be hamstrung. A people of praise don't have to be uprooted with nowhere to call home. There is another enemy in the land called Talmai. And the word Talmai means trench or furrow, a groove in the ground. Another translation interprets this word Talmai as this, like wrinkles in the forehead caused by anxiety. <laughs> it's literally what it means. To be perfectly honest with you, since the start of January, I've had some anxiety. We're all anxious from time to time, aren't we? We have things that unsettle our heart and it does in our head and we feel like we can't go any further. It's true, isn't it? 
This enemy, this enemy was taken out by the people of praise. When you're anxious, when you're facing anxiety, stick your favourite worship CD on, take a psalm out, start to remember who your God is. And despite the torment you might feel that you're in, start to praise Jesus regardless. Whatever's ripping your heart and your mind apart from time to time, do you know what? Right in the middle, why don't you start building a throne? Right in the centre, right in the centre of the storm. Why don't you start to praise and take heart? Start to praise. I really believe that as we praise, it's like the rain of heaven coming upon us and bringing refreshing to our hearts and to our minds. Are you with me? You know this, you're a praising church. One of the translations of this particular enemy was furrows or trenches dug in the land. But you know when the rains come, it soon smooths over trenches. Heavy rains make short work of a scarred landscape. I reckon as we rise up as a people of praise... There's a whole lot of grooves and a whole, a whole load of anxiety that has been grooved into our consciousness that can be wiped out by appraising people because of how awesome the God that we serve is. What work of the enemy of your soul, the devil, has left scars in your spirit, left scars on your mind, or left scars on your heart? And for some of us, maybe here today, left scars on our bodies. The Bible says that there really is an enemy of our souls and his sole mission in life is to rob, steal and destroy. But I really believe that there's a God who is far greater than any enemy we could ever face. The Bible says that with these men of Judah, the Lord was with them. My friends, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. And he's with you so presently as you praise don't let it just be a Sunday act. Let it be an everyday. But I've got to tell you, as encouraging as all that is, something really bugged me right at the end of this set of scripture. Verse 19 has two things going on. It says the Lord was with the men of Judah. But then right at the end it says this. But they were unable to drive the people from the plains because they had chariots fitted with iron. Victory, Judah don't stop. Victory, Judah don't stop. Victory, 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 Judah don't stop. But when they looked down into the plains, they saw an enemy with iron chariots. And the Bible says they couldn't take the land anymore. Now this bugged me. Because they've just, they've just taken out enemy after enemy after enemy. They've even defeated a king who defeated 72 other kings. Took his thumbs and his toes. And then they can't take the lowlands because there are people with chariots. They're only flipping chariots. This isn't even a tough obstacle. What they did was they saw an enemy with a whole bunch of weaponry that they didn't have and they lost heart. The people of praise took their eyes off their king and they lost heart. 
What are they doing? They're only chariots, Israel. Only a generation before, the God of the angel army sent Egypt's chariots into the bottom of the sea. You of all people should know that these are only chariots. And if God has defeated chariots before, he can defeat chariots again. But do you know, their hearts failed them and the Bible says they didn't take out the enemies that they could have taken out. And what ended up happening was this this was the first practical defeat. And what ends up happening is people's hearts continually fail them when they should have taken out the final set of enemies. Do you know in our Christian walks, we defeat enemy after enemy after enemy. We overcome sin after sin after sin. We defeat temptation after temptation after temptation. And every now and again, it comes a point where our hearts fail us because I just can't deal with that one, Pete. I just can't deal with that temptation. It's too much for me. I thought I'd got over this sin. I thought I'd got over this, but but I just can't deal with it. Don't you remember what God did back then? Don't you remember when he saved you before, when you couldn't pay the bill and he sorted you out before? Don't you remember when the loved one was sick and dying and then you prayed and then something happened that changed the situation? Don't you remember when God saved you before? They're only chariots. They're nothing to your God. No enemy can defeat you when you remember who he is, what he's going to do today, what he's going to do tomorrow. But if you remember what he did in the past, you'll have so much confidence for today and tomorrow. Don't forget the reasons that we should praise Jesus. Because the mistake they made was they lost heart, forgetting what God had done in the past. And in the whole book of Judges, teaches us how the Israelites messed up, lost their way, were defeated themselves and then God sent them another leader and they were okay for a while. And then they forgot what God had done, lost heart, were defeated and God sent another leader and they were okay for a bit and then they lost heart again and it goes on and on and on. Do you know that would never have happened if Judah hadn't stopped? My challenge for all of us, myself included, Guys, let's discover the power of praise. Let us become in this town, in our town, the town that we share, the metropolitan borough of Dudley. (laughs) If we can rise up in our churches as a tribe of fortified praise that never stops in their worship of God, no enemy can stand against No enemy. And let's be a people that remind one another that if you did it before, you'll do it again. If the blood of Jesus saved you one time, he'll save save everyone out there by the same blood that saved us. Let's not forget. Let's not forget. I want to pray for you tonight. Is that okay? Let's just bow our heads, shall we? This is a very good church. The Lord smiles on you guys. He really does. He sees all the efforts that you make. He sees all the tears that you've cried and he sees all the, all the stress and the strain and he's seen everything that you, that you want to do for him. And I just believe the Lord wants to say tonight, I love you, PHCC. You're the apple of my eye. 
I love what you're doing in this town. Keep going. Don't stop. I want you to be honest with me. If you feel a little bit overrun by some kind of enemies, heart or mind or body, would you just raise your hand for me? Because I want to pray nothing but victory over you. I'm going to ask the Lord to anoint you. In Jesus' precious name. Father, Father, for every hand raised, Lord God, I, put, I pray that you would put the mark of the lion of the tribe of Judah on their lives, Lord Jesus. The lion of the tribe of Judah. Father, I pray that it would almost be like a tattoo in their spirit, Lord God, that you would not, uh, that would not be able to be taken from them at all. Father God, Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you would just come and move in such a powerful, 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 mighty way, Lord God, that they would lift their heads, that they would become people of praise, that they would be people who know that as they praise, you are, uh, you are building your throne in their lives, Jesus, and in the center of the storm, you're at the center of it all, Lord Jesus. You never said there wouldn't be trouble. You just said I'd always be in the middle of it with you. And so, Father God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would rescue people from anxiety and from pain and from injustice and, and, and hurt, Lord Jesus. And I pray, God, that we would become a people of praise, a people of praise who would defiantly praise you in the face of all the enemy would throw at us. Because we're your kids, Lord. We belong to you, Jesus. We belong to you, Jesus. Church, just start to praise. If you love to sing your praise, start to sing your praise. You don't need no band. If you're not, a, if you're not confident in that kind of thing, just start to say out, speak out. Your own ears need to hear your own voice praising God and it's going to go deep into your soul. Just start to say, Lord, I love you despite what's going on. Lord, I choose you despite what's happening. Come on, church, stir it up. If you speak in tongues, stir up the gift in you. If you've got no words, let spiritual words connect you and God right now. Some of you just need to stand in your worship and lift your hands high. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Come on, start to declare it. Start to tell your heart. I love you, Jesus. You're my champion. You're my healer. You're my saviour. I'm in the center of your will. Come on, church, speak out. Come on, let's bring a bit of volume tonight. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. There's no one greater than you, Jesus. There's no one higher than you. There's no one higher than you. We worship you, Father. We worship you, God. Inhabit us, Lord, as we praise you. Come live in our hearts, Lord. Come burn on the inside, Lord Jesus. Jesus, Lion of the tribe of Judah. Come roar within our souls, Lord God. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We choose not to stop, Lord. We refuse to stop worshipping you. We refuse to stop worshipping you, Lord. 
You're too good to ignore, Father. You're too awesome to forget about. You saved us once, you save us again. King Jesus, come. King Jesus, come. King Jesus, come. Hallelujah. 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 You're worthy, Lord. 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 We worship you, Jesus. I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to say a line. I want you to, with volume, repeat it after me. And this prayer is going to help people respond to Jesus for the first time, for the second time, maybe for the hundredth time. It doesn't matter. But we're going to, we're going to do this with volume and with confidence to make it as easy as possible for people to slip straight into the kingdom of heaven. Is that okay? Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you that your light casts out all darkness. Thank you that your love casts out all fear. Forgive me of my sin. I turn my back on that enemy. Forgive me, Lord. I believe that Jesus is your son and that he died on a cross to set me free. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Bless you guys. Bless you. Over to you. Amen.